Hey there, friends. My name is Kyle Devlin, and this is Having a Blast. Having a Blast is a pop punk, punk rock, and emo podcast where we're going to be discussing all things punk rock ethos and personal development and the parallels within. We'll also be doing some deep dives on important albums and bands. I'm going to be talking to band members, producers, and a bunch of my friends. And I want to know what makes these people tick. How has being self-motivated moved them in the direction of their goals? We're going to have a lot of fun finding out. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the show. This is Having a Blast, and I have been missing in action the last few weeks. I apologize for that. I have been busy renovating my house with my partner in crime, Pamela, and my dad on the weekends, and that has been consuming some time for sure. But today, I'm extremely excited because this episode is a fun conversation with Randy Frobel, the frontman for Canadian pop punk band We Were Sharks. I've been listening to We Were Sharks for a few years now. They write incredibly well-crafted, fun, and energetic pop-punk tunes. Randy has a killer voice and a distinct voice. He's also in a cover band called The Young Bucks out of Ottawa, and we discuss what that's like. We also talk about the creative process, recording, writing tunes with Paul from Silverstein, navigating COVID, and continuing to make art well into adulthood. Because why not? Shouldn't we keep making art? Isn't that the life-giving element, creating stuff? I think so. I loved this conversation. I love We Were Sharks. If you haven't heard them, yet, please go check them out immediately. I think you'll really dig their stuff. So without further ado, please enjoy this multi-dimensional convo with my new buddy Randy from We Were Sharks. Oh, perfect, perfect. If you could hear something running around, it's my cat. She's going okay. crazy this morning. <laughs> it's all good. We got man. her like like a month ago, maybe. So she's still a kitten. So yeah, yeah, still, for sure. She just she's ready to rock. <laughs> I've got a new puppy, and during the day, he likes to bark at things. Okay. So. You never know. He might just start. And it's been known to happen in these interviews. I also, Fair. it's funny, perfect timing. My neighbors, they're getting their lawn mode right across the street. So you might hear that. Too. <laughs> I think he's I mean, almost we got. Now. We got snow here today, so. Did you really? Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. It's not staying. It's just kind of like raining and snowing at the same time. Okay, cool. So I was just thinking about the fact that you're in Canada and sometimes I'll literally start these interviews off with how's the weather there today, which is probably the most important <laughs> question to ask. I'm sure people not here. are like, wow, <laughs> good, good podcast hosting. You're asking about the weather first thing. That's good. But I've never been to Canada at least I've been on the border basically on tour, but I've never actually been into Canada. And I'm actually fascinated by Canada's weather because my, my synopsis is based on going North in the States and okay. being in Minnesota or South Dakota in the wintertime when there's tons of snow and it's really cold. And I'm thinking, well, what is it like in the wintertime in Canada? If it's this, if these <laughs> conditions are happening in the States, are they just trapped in snow for three weeks at a time or? No, it's kind of like that. It's kind of thinking okay. like Minnesota or like, have you ever been to Michigan? Oh yeah. 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 It's kind of like Michigan. Um, in the where I'm from in Ottawa, we get a little more. Yeah. Where I'm from in Ottawa, we get a little more. This winter, it started kind of early and lasted kind of long. Yeah. It was like a longer one. Like it was a longer one. That's something I'm always talking to people about. I can be kind of a baby about it. The fact that the winter months, they seem to drag. We're right in the smack dab middle of the US. I'm in Lawrence, Kansas, and I work in Kansas City. And we don't get very much snow, but it's perpetual winter for six months. It's just bitter cold for a long time. We've been pretty fortunate the last few winters. It hasn't been too bad. And around that first week of March, it gets warm. But after a while, I'm man, I just need sunshine. (laughs) Even if there was snow. Just give me some vitamin D because I'm dying yeah. here. It's too gray. I feel that. Yeah. So at least you guys get some snow. That's cool. There's some we do, scenery. We, do. We, get a lot. we get quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, dude, thanks for being flexible with me today. I, I really not a problem. It. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm a huge fan of your band, but I kind of wanted to start with a little bit of a left turn because I just recently found out that you're an amateur baseball player. 
Are you still doing that? Uh, well, I played, I still play baseball, but yeah, when I was younger, I played for a team out here, like this little place called St. Estache, which is okay. like junior elite, which is as like almost as high as you can get in Canadian amateur baseball kind of thing. Cool. So I did that. And uh, yeah, I played a lot of baseball as a younger guy. My cousin played in the major leagues for the Pirates. Oh, cool. That's red. Back man. in like the 70s, though. Back in the 70s. So it's like <laughs> older. <laughs> it's still cool. Claim to fame, right? So did yeah. he live in the States when he was, I'm sure he was probably commuting a lot. Yes. Or... Yeah. 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 Okay. He, would, he would travel. But like when baseball season, he, I'm pretty sure he lived in Pittsburgh. Okay. And it shows my ignorance when it comes to baseball. But the Pirates, is that California? No, Pirates is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. See, my only relation to baseball is when I collected baseball cards when. I was a little kid and I was really into it then, but I I have no connection to it now. Other than the fact that the Royals have been doing pretty well the last decade or so. Yeah. I mean, the Royals beat up my Jays 2015 when the Blue Jays were like, if the Blue Jays could have got through the Royals, they were winning the World Series. And unfortunately, they did not get through them. Did they end up winning or did they win the year before? Yeah, the Rays. Yeah, the Rays. Sorry, the, the Royals ended up winning that year. Yeah. Oh, I just met the Blue Jays. Didn't they win? Oh, no. So the Blue Jays won 91 and then repeated it in 92. So they're one of okay. they're the, I mean, that doesn't happen often. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I'm a personal trainer. I have a client. He's really okay. into sports. He explains the rules to me a lot. He gives me context for teams and things <laughs> like that. And he said that typically with baseball, you're going to have a dynasty team for maybe one to three years at most. Yeah. And then people are going to start moving on and going their separate ways. So it's kind of like lightning in a bottle. You just have to capture that magic for a season. hundred percent. And it's because there's no salary cap, right? There's, uh, you know, there's no, there's like a soft, I want to say it's a very soft cap because teams like the Yankees and, and Dodgers and stuff, they just buy their dynasty where a lot of players, when they come over to Toronto, they lose a little bit of money, right? Yeah. You're, you're not making the same. So Toronto has to pay a little more. And not everybody's like, hey, I want to cross the border constantly when I'm playing sports, right? And sure. uh, so with Toronto, though, the last little while has been signing really good players, but we have the best players and they're all home- homegrown. So cool. like the Blue Jays this year are a wrecking ball and they're okay. going to continue to be a wrecking ball for a little while. That's awesome. So man. I'm hoping I it's nice back. Oh, it's, it's when they play the Royals, try to go out when Toronto's playing. Yeah. That'll be fun, man. That'll be really cool. I love going out there and we take the kids and stuff and it's always a good time. Yeah. No wonder it's about the money, man. You always got to follow the money. <laughs> At the end <laughs> of the day, like you said, yeah. New York, they just have so much money to throw around. Same with like LA and stuff like that. They just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Show me the money. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. So you said you play now. Is it just for fun? Yeah, I play now just for fun. I mean, I take it pretty serious while we're playing. It's in a league down sure. here called the NCBL. And uh, I play with actually some guys from other local bands from Ottawa that are like big sports guys. So it's kind of funny. It's like a, a bunch of heavily tattooed guys playing baseball. <laughs> that's badass, man. I love that. Good that's team, cool. though. We, got, we had a few ex-college players that are playing with us. We lost in the finals in the final game last year. So, and it was okay. the second time this tier team has been around. So it was okay. kind of like, everyone's like, whoa, okay. These guys are for real. So yeah, where they fun. come from? That's cool, man. Yeah. I mean, you guys made it all the way up there. Do you have a bit of a competitive streak in you? Yes. I can turn it on and I can turn it off. Okay. I learned from a very young age. My dad was always like, you're not going to have very many friends if you just like constantly want to beat them. <laughs> and everything you play like you have to learn you can play competitive but you can you know tone it down so that was something like if it's time to go i can go but if it's like time to lay, lay back like i play with my girlfriend on her softball team and it's pretty just like that's just a vacation for me it's kind of like relax hey don't argue with the other team don't argue with the ums like have a beer chill out and let's have some fun so i can kind of switch it on and off cool yeah depending on the context that's good man mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think there's some people out there that think they have to be competitive literally with everything and maybe it maintains their edge or something. But I like how you can switch it on and have it for the right thing, the right event, right? I think I'm more competitive within myself than I am with other people. Okay, I like that. Yeah, that's great. I'm really into personal development and things like that. So I always think of it in the context of I'm not trying to be anybody else other than what I did yesterday or what I did Mm -hmm. last year. Yeah. Or just continue growing. I try to give myself grace when it comes to stuff like that. That's cool. But I think there's something to be said about the nature of being within team sports, being on a team, and the parallels associated with being in a band too. Oh, 100%. You see those parallels? Yeah, absolutely. Every day it's. 
the band is like a team, right? And you're only as good as the weakest member of your team. Sure. You know, and, and that, 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 that's page. like, yeah. And, and to be on the same page as everybody, right? Like that's like a competitive thing. You're only as good as the weakest member, but that's kind of just how it is, especially in a band situation. You are only as good as your weakest member. So I'm pretty lucky to be playing with a lot of really, really good guys. I've been kind of yeah. blessed through all the different players that have played in Sharks. I've been very blessed to be on, accepted on a pretty good team. So absolutely, man. And you're a good team member yourself. I love your voice. Thank um, you. Thank I, you. I've been a pop punk fan since I heard Dookie when I was 10. Oh, and dude. we're about the same age, right? I didn't realize I'm that I was be... listening to a podcast interview you did Too Old for the Pit, which was really fun. Yeah. That was, really yeah. That was a really fun <laughs> interview. And I didn't realize that we were about the same age. I think you're yeah. 37. Is that right? I'm going to be 38 tomorrow. Okay, cool. Happy early birthday, yeah. man. Thank you. Brad. Thank you. But yeah, I'm, I'm an older guy. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're close. I just keep saying, well, you know, I'm younger than Billy Joe. I'm younger than Tom. Long, so, <laughs> I yeah. mean, you're only as old as you feel, right? Exactly. Yes. And I feel like pop punk is a genre that keeps you young. I don't know. There's something about that nostalgic nature every summer blasting these old tunes. Yeah. It takes me back. And there's that energy that's associated with it. This is kind of a cliche, lazy question, but because we are the same age, I just turned 38 in January. What was the first album that you really connected to within the genre or maybe just anything? What was the first thing that you connected to? In the genre, it would have been Dude Ranch. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I, at the time, I'm from a very small town in Canada, like originally, and Mm -hmm. we didn't have like MTV. There's no MTV. We had, I remember it was a French music station called Music Plus. And they played, damn it. And I remember seeing this as younger, like getting ready to go into high school and seeing like a Blink song. And I was like, what is this? Because I hate rock and roll. Like, I don't like this old (laughs) fart rock and roll. Why are these kids doing it? And they look like they're having so much fun and the song's so much fun. And from that moment on, I was like on a mission to find out what band this was. Because I just seen a music video, like there was no music stores in my town. Like we'd have to travel into Ottawa, which was like an hour away. So yeah, I see, damn it. And then- a little while later, they came out with Josie, mm-hmm. right? And that yeah. was like, why are these guys playing so fast? Yeah. Why is this so fast? Why do I like this? So after that, I was like, I need to find this album. So I went on a search. We were like, went to a music store, found the album. And that was it for me. Because before that, I would just listen to what was on the radio. Like, I was like big into boy bands because I wanted mm-hmm. to be in a boy band myself, which I kind of oh, really? am. I'm in a pop punk band. So it's, it's kind of <laughs> the same. Um, nice. Yeah, I just love singing at the time. I love singing. I was playing baseball and, and I was singing and I was like, man, I want to be in a boy band. Like, look at all the attention they get. Uh, why can't I do this? I really want to sing. And honestly, if it wasn't for that stuff, I don't know if I ever would have started really singing and then got into Blink. And I was like, that was that changed it. And then it was like Blink and Lagwagon and Pennywise and No Effects. Like I got into like the more punk rock stuff first. And then there was always like the punk rock stuff with the pop punk stuff. So yes, that's awesome, man. And I relate to that completely. I think just being around that age around that time was really formidable time. And I remember hearing dude ranch as well. And I think it was a situation where a few of my friends had the first record, which a lot of us didn't know about it initially, but I remember hearing songs from Cheshire cat and listening to that as well. But I remember all the songs were really, really fast, much faster than green day. And then all of a sudden my friends loaned me the Punkorama comps and the first fat records comp. And you hear what's influencing them because I was listening to dude ranch, maybe a couple months ago, I was painting my house, listening to old albums. And I put that one on because it had been a while since I'd listened to it straight through front to back. And the whole time I'm thinking, man, this is a fast record. There's so many fast songs on this record. There's so many great songs at the same time. There's really noteworthy songs on Dude Ranch and there's so many of them. It's kind of crazy. I can hear that progression from listening to NoFX, early NoFX in the late 80s and the 90s and things and all the Fat Records bands. Mm -hmm. It makes total sense that you combine that with that early Green Day, that pop sensibility, talking about relationships, and then you have Blink-182 that spawns from it. Same with MXPX. I remember hearing MXPX and it was the same thing. Just really fast, catchy songs. Dude Ranch, I'm curious because that was such a juxtaposition going from Dude Ranch to Enema. Do you remember the first time you heard Enema and what you thought? I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of it when I first heard I'll be honest, because I like, what's my age again? Didn't really catch what I was like, oh, this is a cool song. 
all the small things was like, oh, it's, it's a neat song, but it wasn't like it was like, well, until I heard the party song. Okay. On that the album. fast one. <laughs> it was, once again, it was fast. And like the first song too, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, it's funny I say that because I play back like, when I'm home, I play in a cover band. So I play like every weekend. And some of the biggest songs we play is like all the small things. We close out the third set, which is like, we play from say like nine o'clock to one o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock to two o'clock in the morning. And the yeah. last song we usually play is all the small things and people lose it. Of like course. that song is still massive. Say what, what's my age again? Those songs are still massive. But at the time I was like, I don't know what happened. Like what happened? Yeah. And I think maybe I was getting into a lot more punk rock then as well. Like sure. that's kind of when I started listening to, I, mean, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't call them punk rock, but I was really like getting into new fan glory yeah. at that time. And I was like, whoa. And then I heard the blink stuff and I'm like, ah, I don't know about this album. It took a little bit. It, it really yeah. truly did take a little bit for me to like be like sold on it. Sure, but I think once I got to the party right? song, yeah, absolutely, and I would just kind of put it on and and do stuff in my room and stuff, like do homework or whatever. And it, it took me a little while, but I was like, okay, these guys yeah. are going to be huge. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that threw me off a little bit because I was such a fan of Dude Ranch was the fact that their vocals sounded so much different. Jerry yes. Finn's production and everything, and the fact that there was a little bit more pitch correction. Yeah. Tom, you could tell he doubled probably even tripled his vocals on the choruses yeah. and there was a lot more verb and everything i just remember being a yeah. little taken back by their mm-hmm. vocals i eventually came to love it and i love polished recordings yeah. now i think oh me too it ushered in <laughs> just an era of time and where you had these really really slick produced pop punk bands which i really love now but yeah which i remember took hearing over. it it did yeah it, it was took over jarring. the radio yeah, I think I remember seeing the What's My Age Again video first before I heard the whole record. Yes. I think they released that yeah. as a single. Mm-hmm. And that's when I thought, oh, this is going to be big. The fact that, you know, you couldn't take your eyes off of it. It's just three naked men no. on TV. Yeah, which was genius. It really genius. was. Genius. Like, that was, yeah. like, literally that. Yeah, it was perfect timing. So it makes sense. You're in a pop punk band now. I would assume you guys classify yourselves as a pop punk band. I think you even mentioned Yeah, uh, we're, we're, you were a pop punk band. There's no, like... We can lie and say we're not, but we truly are. Like it's not <laughs> even, it's not even like we're trying to be. We just that's what we do. That's what we write. That's what we're we're happy with, and that's yeah. kind of how it is. And people are like, oh, you guys are a pop band. We're like, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And my goal today <laughs> is, is to get just yeah, exactly, man. My goal today <clears> is <throat> to get as many people to check out your band as possible because I'm always recommending pop punk bands to my friends and stuff. I mention your band a lot because I think you guys are great. You guys definitely have those early influences. I can hear it, but there is something very fresh and modern about it. The recording sounds really good. <laughs> it's got a ton of energy. And I was a huge fan of your last record before New Low, and I highlighted it a couple times on the podcast. And when New Low came out, I listened to it, but I didn't really sink my teeth into it. And in preparation for this, just the last couple of weeks, I've been rocking it in my personal training studio. And it's so good, man. It's all killer. There's no thank filler you, whatsoever. You. Was thank that you, a conscious you, decision you. when you were no. writing? <laughs> it, was, it never is. It's never like, hey, let's try to like put every song has got to be like a 10. We just kind of write and okay. whatever happens, happens. And with this album, we kind of took a, a different approach to it. Like we wrote it. We had uh, Paul Mark Russo again on the album. He plays in Silverstein, amazing yeah. songwriter. He's and, a guitar uh, player, worked, right? Yes, yes. And we worked with him on Lost Touch. Okay. So we wanted to have him back on this album. And, you know, we got to work with him before. So we kind of understood some of the, the process that happens. But he was like, I want to be there right away. Let's start this album. Because on Lost Touch, we had ideas that we already gave him. And we kind of had these like footprints already of these songs. So Sometimes when we were trying to rework things, there was, I don't want to say butting heads, but it was harder for us to rework things with our minds being stuck on how it already sounded. So with this, he wanted to be right in from the start, which was perfect. And we, I want to say we wrote like nine songs in 10 days. Wow. Like it was just, let's go to town. Let's get to work. So yeah, we weren't thinking, Hey, let's just write all hits like that, that, you know, we're just happy we got songs done sure. the way we did. And the last song we wrote, I remember, was with Paul was Shameless. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah, that was the last playing, song you guys wrote? That was the last song we wrote together. <laughs> we were playing Jesse's Girl. Him and I were playing Jesse Girl, like the riff from Jesse's Girl. And we're like, yeah. Paul kind of started playing around with him. We're like, oh, damn, that could be cool. Dude, that's such a <laughs> great just, song. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, that was the last one. We just yeah. kind of had a little bit of writer's block. Him and I went out, grabbed a beer. And just kind of talked about how the world seems to be going to shit at the time. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, hey, let's, let's get it. Like, All right, let's, let's go. 
Rad, dude. That's very cool. I love that Jesse's girl inspired Shameless. Yeah, I can kind of just... hear the parallels. It's got a ton of energy. I love the chord progression that you guys do in the beginning. It just lends to a really cool melody. In your cover band, I'm curious. I used to play in a cover band for a while as well, for many years, actually. And we did kind of the same thing. We'd load in at 730 get all of our yeah. gears set up, drink a couple beers and then play from nine to one or anywhere between yeah. 10 to two and stuff. Yeah. We used to play Jesse's girl. Do you guys play that in your cover bands? No, we play Stacy's mom. <laughs> okay, cool. So you guys are That's playing That's like the equivalent to Jesse's girl. Yeah. Yeah. There was a period of time where we were playing a lot of seventies, eighties, eighties primarily. That, yeah. And then we felt this shift where the crowds were getting younger and younger so that's so literally like, it right now yeah the 90s nostalgia was definitely coming in and that makes perfect sense a song like jesse's girl and stacy's mom there's some parallels we, there as well. uh, we were playing so there's this bar down here called the heart and crown and it goes off it's like playing like the coolest show like this bar is insane like absolutely crazy and uh we were playing and this girl came over she's like can you guys play jesse's girl for me i was like yeah, we, we could try to do it. Like, we've never really done it, but I'm like, we could, some of the guys I play with are phenomenal. So I'm like, yeah. we could just like kind of do it. And she's like, yeah, like, you know, Jesse's girl, like, Jesse's girl has got it going on. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> your, that's, we could do Stacey's mom for you. How about that? So like, that's not what I want. I'm like, no, it, it is what you want. And then our guitar player is like, you know, Jesse's girl turned into Stacey's mom, just so everybody knows. Like, Jesse's girl oh, turned into Stacey's uh, mom. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of cool. That's kind of a cool way to do it. Like, that's, that's a cool narrative right there. Like that, you know? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, I thought it was hilarious. But yeah, Jesse's Girl is like a hell of a good song. We just don't yeah, do it because I got to play bass and sing. And with the yeah. rhythm stuff like that, I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's, that song in particular, Jesse's Girl, is a really weird arrangement. I don't know if you've yes. ever tried to learn the whole thing. It's really oh, yeah. strange. The ending is oh, yeah. really weird. They do the chorus three times or something, but they do it different each time. Yep. There was a couple of times where we were just like, okay, we're not going to do it like that. We're just going to do the easier <laughs> version, <laughs> which is what Absolutely. we did a lot. Just take liberties with <laughs> old songs because drunk people, they don't know the difference. It's all good. Yeah. They just want to, so, like, now fun. they just want to hear Wagon Wheel three, four times. Yeah. <laughs> just, Can you guys play Wagon Wheel? Can you guys play Wagon Wheel? Can you play Wonderwall? That, you guys want to play that doesn't surprise me at all. You know, <laughs> with Wonderwall specifically, I feel like people say they want to hear that song, but they don't really want to hear that song. <laughs> I run here, they do. Unfortunately, really? right here, they do. Those okay, two so- songs that I didn't miss playing was Wonderwall and Wagon Wheel. And I mean, they came back with a vengeance after uh, COVID when everything got locked down. We started playing because we only recently started like playing every weekend again. I want to say the last couple of months, it's just been like yeah. picking up where we're playing every weekend again. Cool. That's fun. It's good that we're getting some live music back in. It's good for me because this is how I make a living. So, (laughs) okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good for you, man. That's rad. I have a business partner and he was a guy that I was in the cover band with and he actually has a couple cover bands. So he still plays all the time with his other cover band. And I actually told him right before COVID that I was going to shift my focus and do some other things because we were only playing maybe once a quarter or something you know once every three okay okay, okay. So. yeah yeah there was a period of time where we were playing twice a weekend for every uh, weekend yeah for six months. absolutely yeah so it was definitely a good way to make money you know more money than i ever absolutely. made in an original band because i've done that oh, as well. 100 percent, way more money <laughs> it's crazy right shouldn't be that way but, but other people is. said no not at all not at all yeah that's cool man well cool so yeah we have a lot in common we're the same age and we've played in cover yep. bands and we like done that. <laughs> you said you got into newfound glory was that the self-titled record around the 2000 mark um nothing goal can stay oh cool That's so 99 when, yeah right. yeah and i was like because i mean and then when they re-released hit or miss off of like the self-title i was like yeah. oh man yeah. and and, and i think that's when i was like i want to play pop up when i okay. heard that album straight up i was like this is what i want like, i want to yeah. do that's what I want to do. Dude, Jerry Finn, it's fair to talk about him, especially in terms of, of pop punk. But Neil Avron, <laughs> there was just something otherworldly about his production, especially that first Newfound Glory oh. major label record. I remember hearing Nothing Gold Can Stay so first, too. I had a drive through confident. I'm pretty sure it had hit or miss mm-hmm. on it. And third and long, I remember hearing those two songs and going out and buying that Great record. Songs. But when I heard the self-titled... I mean, that first song, Better Off Dead, the double time, oh. my brain exploded. That was the first time I'd ever heard double time like that, just popping out of the mix yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely. Probably one of my favorite New Fan Glory songs, Better yeah, Off Dead. Just, it's so good. And his yeah. vocal delivery on that song, probably the, one of the best that he's ever done. Yep. Something about his voice on that record. I love all New Fan Glory, but that first record just has a special oh. place. 
Oh, absolutely. That leads me to a question I was going to ask you. How was the scene around that time? When you first started playing in bands and things, what was the scene like? It was pretty good. Ottawa had, Ottawa's always had like a crazy amount of bands out this way. But back then, I remember it being just everybody played in the band. Every single person. Yeah. Their grandmother probably played. Like it was was craziness down here. But it, it was awesome. Like after that album came out, it took me a little while to get into a band because, I mean, I was from a small town. And there was like, there was my neighbors and I had to convince them to try to play instruments. I was like, hey, you should play the drums. Hey, you should play this. Hey, we should start a band. (laughs) And it's funny. That's how we, that's how like I first started playing music was just like with a bunch of neighbors that were like, hey, my dad used to play bass. I'll play bass. Okay. You know, hey, I've always wanted to play the drums. I don't know how, but I'll figure it out. Okay. Like that's how we started. Like I grabbed a guitar and okay, let's try to write songs. There was no like, let's learn other people's songs, which is crazy. That's what I do now for a living. But like, then it was just like, Hey, let's try to write. I know a couple of chords. Let's write around those chords. Let's, yeah, you know, dude. let's get right into it. Yeah. And, and a genre like pop did. punk gives you that ability to do it. You know, you take three or four Absolutely. chords. You can write 10 songs with just that. I'm pretty sure we did. Like in a day, <laughs> we're like, ah, oh, 10 songs are done. Like just about random stuff because that's, you know, which honestly at the end of the day really helped get better at songwriting from just like writing as many songs as humanly possible. Try not to make them sound the exact same but using the exact same chords. Yes. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. Got to differentiate you know, them somehow. Yeah. You, so you started playing guitar. When did you notice? Uh, you yeah. Had, okay. So did you sing initially or was that something? That yeah. I was, I was on? always singing. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, I was always singing. That was like, and I was like, well, I might as well play guitar. Cause I don't know too many other people around here that, that are going to play. Right. Yeah. So I was like, let's just play. My, my parents always had a guitar in my family. Like, all my brothers play. My sister plays like they're all, pretty good and i'm like well i guess i probably should try to learn <laughs> sometimes it's just nice to have it there right we've Absolutely. got instruments lying around here and the kids will pick them up occasionally and yeah. we've got a little girl who's in piano lessons and things and okay she's rocking it and we've got a couple of oh. guitars yeah i wish i would have taken piano i wish i would have taken piano as a and- kid but i probably wouldn't have wanted to that's the thing man there's so many things i wish i would have been open to that i probably just wasn't open to when i was younger and and that was definitely one taking voice lessons Mm -hmm. and learning to sing with my diaphragm earlier and taking piano lessons and learning i still don't think i do that i still don't think i sing properly but at the end of the day i'm (laughs) too old to change now it's all good man (laughs) yeah it's all good you got a great voice you might just do it because i feel like listening to you sing it sounds more like you're singing from your diaphragm rather you can always it could tell be. like I just Jordan from newfound glory. You could always tell he's singing straight through it's up here. Yeah. <laughs> I would say when people like sing through their nose, I'm like, they're singing through their eyes. Like it's funny. Cause there's certain songs doing the cover stuff that I'll like, Oh, I need to like, so I'll sing like directly through here. I can literally feel my eyes like push in, like, they're going to explode. And I'm like, well, that was a high note. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I feel like you have to on those high ones just to conserve your voice. It's like you have 100%. that head voice. Yeah. Yes. That's interesting. I hear some singers doing that occasionally and live. You can't really fault them because they're doing it every night. They got to, yeah. You got to find a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What was your first band called? Uh, single that ripped it off of a, a newfound glorious song from nice. the second album. And then, well, not second, I guess third, but then we changed that to in safe hands. So we okay, were like, cool. people described us, we kind of like had that alkaline trio, kind of like dark pop punk kind of thing. I love it. Um, and then we slowly got more into just straight out pop punk. And then cool. Shark started. <laughs> Red. Were you a big alkaline trio fan? Our drummer, my cousin, who officially played in the band at the time, like he was a huge, and he still is. He's like, big shout out to him. He's still, that's yeah. his favorite band. You know, his, his kids got alkaline trio t-shirts and like hoodies and he's got an alkaline trio tattoo somewhere. And like, that's awesome. he's just like a huge alkaline trio fan, like very big alkaline man. trio fan. I love the indoctrination of the kids. Yeah. And, you know, he's just like, his son's already, son's like going to be two. And he's just cranking the pop punk for his kid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> gotta start him getting young, him on yeah, the skateboard awesome. already. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's like one of those things that it just doesn't go away. Once you're in it, you just it never really truly goes away. Yeah, that's true, man. Yeah. I've definitely widened my horizons, as I'm sure you have when it comes to yeah, oh, absolutely. and all that stuff. You know, I've listened to a lot of stuff over the years, but there's something comforting about that music you grew up with. And I love hearing new bands do it as well. And Absolutely. Do it their own iteration of it and their own version of it. What do you think of Matt Skiba and Blink? I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I kind of 
everyone's going to hate me for this, but I wish Tom would come back and they do it as a four piece so they can actually they sound might. decent live. I hope so because yeah, they are. I really not think they'll, they'll do it. I don't I know why, so. but I, I get the sneaking suspicion we're going to get that announcement soon because I think it was the GQ interview that Mark just did. Right I after, did. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right after he announced he was in remission, he did that interview, mm-hmm. which I think they did that interview before he knew he was in remission. Yeah. And he mentions in the, I mean, he's kind of cryptic about it. He doesn't, he leaves some ambiguity. Yeah. But he says, I'm open to anything, even being a four piece, even having Matt in the band. Uh, and I'm just thinking, uh, do it. Why not? That would be so do sad. it. Get Tom to sing his songs and let Matt sing his songs and, you know, dude, exactly. Whoever's not singing actually play the guitar parts because, <laughs> yeah, and have Matt fill the gaps on all those yeah. rhythm sections. You know, mm-hmm. I just think that would be incredible. And It'd then Tom can do amazing. whatever he wants. And I've got friends we talk about this. And one of my good friends, he owns the business that I work out of. He is a huge pop punk fan as well. He's a huge Alkaline Trio fan. He's like, why wouldn't they just announce this and then go on tour with Alkaline Trio? Alkaline Trio, yeah. Do a plus 44 set, do a boxcar racer set, do Angels and Airwaves, just do this mammoth tour, you know, just do this like stadium tour or something. And I don't know. It just seems like a good opportunity. And then um, he could do a very short run. So he's not preoccupied because I think that's been his yeah. whole, whole hang up with blink is the fact that it's such a huge commitment, a huge time commitment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I digress. You know, these are just perfect world scenarios. I don't know if we'll ever get it, but yeah. I like our him in our generation, too. our generation of, you know, what we want is we want, we want old blink. We want old, but new blink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We're always rooting for them. You know, we're always rooting. For sure. Yeah. And I think they're iconic, the three of them, Mark, Tom, and Travis. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind Matt being in there too. I think he's made a a good contribution. They've written a lot of songs, you know, just in the band under the circumstances and everything. But I wanted to ask you a little bit more about, I wanted to go back to you mentioning the fact that you wrote nine songs in 10 days. That lends to the idea, because these are great songs, that lends to the idea that you weren't overthinking it. You weren't being too precious with the songs. No, we were just kind of going in and, and trying to bang out what we could bang out. And like, once again, working with Paul, his, he's such a good songwriter as well. Like his ideas, we were like, oh, okay, well, we're going to toss this. And he's very like, he was very honest. No, that's not working. Or you're close. Like, you know, so anytime he would smile about something, we're like, oh yeah. All right, let's, let's go. Like now, now we're on the same page. But cool. yeah, it was, it was great. It was it, honestly, this is like the fastest I've ever worked on album. Recording it was a different story. Recording it was like, kind of all over the place i'm like he's off today we'll get this guitar done today and then i would come in and, and some, we'd still be singing over like kind of scratch tracks on some of it it was like a different recording style than we were used to so the writing process was just super quick cool and did paul help produce it because i was looking it up last night and there was a gentleman named sam Is yeah sam got, yeah sam helped produce and, and come down and engineer and uh a guy that we work with a lot dean down here I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his last name because I always mess it up, but he's like <laughs> somebody that we work with a lot as well. Like all of us in like our older bands has worked with him as well. And, and great guy. So yeah, we had Sam come down from Toronto and he's done lost touch and he did a couple songs from not a chance. He did a couple songs off of that as well for us. So we've known him and cool. he used to play in a band called July from okay. out here and they're, they were a great band and he's a great drummer and great producer as well. So yeah, we had, we had a really good team on it. So yeah, he came down and, and Red. we did some stuff. Yeah, the recording too. sounds great. The recording <laughs> sounds really good. The drums pop right out of the mix. The vocals are mixed really well. It's got a lot of really cool riffs. They're subtle, but there's a few riffs in there too. Which there. I really yeah. Appreciate. yeah. Yeah. I'm a guitar player. So I always love stuff like that. Oh, especially fair. that, that kind of energetic pop punk with a few riffs thrown in. That's cool, man. I've been watching I watched to get back earlier this year, as I'm sure a lot of people did. I'm a huge Beatles fan. And I've been subsequently watching lots of interviews with them over the years. And it's always fascinating to listen to them talk about songwriting because they really didn't overthink it. They had oh, yeah. a line or just a guitar riff and they wrote a song out of it immediately. And yep. I love that idea or that process because when i was younger i think i used to overthink songs to death i just hammer them and just beat them into submission and then before you know they kind of suck they don't sound very good if you just if you if you're tweaking them all the time after a while you're just too close Mm -hmm. to it yeah so when i heard you mention the fact that you guys wrote these songs in a short period of time it makes sense because it sounds like you guys you were going on instinct 
and 100%. Paul's instincts sound like they're good. Is he a pretty prolific songwriter in general? Does he write a lot for Silverstein? He writes, he writes a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, he gives me that vibe because I feel like when they're in between tours and records and things, it seems like he's always writing and stuff. Mm-hmm. I follow him and that's cool. So does he work with a lot of bands on a producer basis or? I'm going to say, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure how many bands he works with, but like you could tell though that he does. Cause he's just like, all right, let's go. And like, I know he's written with like Beartooth. He did a song with Beartooth and he's, he was kind of showing me different ways on like how like different people write songs. Like he's very interested in that. And so am I. So cool. he would like tell me, he's like, I wrote with this guy and this is kind of what we did and how we got the juices flowing. And I wrote with this guy and this is kind of what we did. So yeah. I'm like very, always very interested in that because I mean, in songwriting, there's no right or wrong way. So yeah. I'm always curious to find like new little ideas, especially when there's nothing in the tank anymore. And you're like, all right, how do I, do I get inspired? Yeah, absolutely. It's just good to have a lot of options in your arsenal. Absolutely. In your repertoire. Yeah. I'm in the process of writing songs. And I haven't done this in a long time. There was a period of time where I just wasn't doing any music or anything musically. And I used to be in a pop punk band called Game Time back in the early 2000s. And we've just recently started recording new tunes and things like that. And we were having a blast. So we're going to keep going. And I told our producer slash engineer friend that I want to do 10 more songs. And (sighs) I'm really just not overthinking it at all. (laughs) I write a song a day. If I pick up my guitar, my guitar is ready song so the first thing that comes out okay i'm gonna write a quick melody record it in yep. voice memos and then there it is you know it's like get down to yeah and voice memos listen- are the greatest thing yeah dude they oh, really dude. are I, dude i wish i had these back in the early 2000s or even me too <laughs> i had <laughs> i had one of those little janky tape recorders where you put blank tapes in you just press play and record at the That's, same yeah. time yeah yep did that <laughs> Just try to record ideas that way. I was never the type of guy where I'd write a melody and I'd be able to remember it. I forget it Me five either. minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always knew the melody would stick around if I remembered. If I if yeah. it like got stuck in my head, I was like, oh, that's some. But that's I'd still have to like sing it on something just to have. I still would have right. to do that. Right. Yeah. If you start repeating it to yourself, you're thinking, okay, I've got something there. There's something yeah, 100%. There. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you've got a good melodic sensibility because your melodies are really good. Do you tend to write most of the melodies in the band when you're singing? And um, on the last album, it was it was kind of split up. Like we'd have okay. kind of the ideas of like somebody would have an idea, and then we kind of like play around with it. Uh, before, yes, before it was like I did all of that, but like now it's kind of like if somebody has a good idea, then hey, that's that's what we're gonna go with, right? But I do yeah. write, so I do write a lot of country songs. I'm a big yeah, country and fan I and I write a lot this. of country sauce. Yeah, yeah I write a lot. Yeah, that's <laughs> rad, man. Like your Instagram, you're playing acoustic guitar and sometimes you're playing covers and sometimes you're playing original mm-hmm. songs. That had to find its way into this record as well. I can kind of hear it. I didn't hear it at first, but when I heard you mention that you're a big country fan, even the way vocal inflection, your vocal inflection, sometimes when you're singing words, I can hear them. You could very easily translate a We Were Sharks song into a country song. I've kind of been doing that as of late. Maybe yeah. maybe a little project might come out of it, but yeah, Dude, kind of like you should do it. That's taking rad. these shark songs and doing making them sound country. That's kind of a thing. But yeah, there was some times in the studio where they'd be like, yo, that is like, we're not writing a Jason Aldean album. Can you tone that? Can you tone that? Yeah. Down a little bit. Like, Remember what we're doing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Like, I'm not trying to, but sometimes it sounds like, yeah. Sometimes it comes out like that. And, and I don't mean it to come out like that. I'm, I'm original. I'm a country boy. So it, sometimes it happens, but I was the only person in my town. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. I grew up on like, so my parents listened to a little bit of country, but I kind of grew up on a lot of R&B. That was like my big thing as a kid. And I wanted to be in a boy band, like boys to men and all this stuff. Like that's what I wanted to do. So I grew, I pushed myself to that stuff. Yeah. I could hear that too in your voice. Cause you've got a good. Like, oh, here nice comes my cat. Oh, that's my little kitten. <laughs> Kitty. Her you name is dog, Josie. Right? Yeah, oh, I do perfect. have a dog. Yeah. 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 He's somewhere. <laughs> He's somewhere in the house. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very cool. And he just turned one. Ah, uh, yeah, just ago? turned one. Yeah. I okay, uh, know. Cool. Sorry, turned two. We've had him. We've had him for one year, but he turned two. We we got him from a rescue. Okay. He's really from Kentucky. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we He's have we got him. Far we got him from yeah, that's cool. Yes, he has. He has. He has. He has. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, our puppy turned one yesterday. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. He's, animals. He's a that's why I don't go on tour as much. <laughs> I yeah. want to see my animals. 
<laughs> that's that's fair my friend yeah I, I can't even imagine these days it's crazy to think but that segues nicely are you guys planning on touring on this record i know covid threw a wrench and everything yeah covid really messes up for that we are we're talking about some fall stuff right now cool you right know, we're, we're doing that like we're all of us are so much older and it's just like no matter how bad we want to go out and tour and like hang out with all our friends and see everybody there's like times where it's like does this make sense because at the end of the day people don't understand like yeah, you can get out and go tour and that's fine. And we would do that in a second. Like, you know, five years ago, I pretty much toured constantly. We were out constantly. Yeah. But it's like, does it make sense financially? Does it make sense? Per- yeah. And, and in our personal lives, we're all, you know, we're all trying to do our best we can of playing music and growing up, you know, music, like we were talking earlier, music keeps us young, but it's like, we do have to grow up a bit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, no, yeah, you have to grow up a little bit. Yeah, the logistics but, of if I were to go on tour, Green Day needed another guitar player, and I would of course say yes. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. You'd have a choice, <laughs> <laughs> but there would be some logistical challenges right then and there, you know, because mm-hmm. I've got a lot of people that count on me, and being yes. an adult, you're part of a unit usually, so you've got those financial responsibilities and things like that. This is for my own selfish curiosity, but in terms of like being on a label is there any pressure there to go out on the road or is it something where you can make it financially viable just releasing new music and releasing a record um, playing shows there's here a little there. pressure there's a little pressure obviously because you know you want to do right by the label and they they want to see you grow as well like and and it's like a tough thing because we are a little older and like you see some of the comments on the music videos like why are these old dudes starting pop punk band that well I've been in this band now for like 12 years. So I'm not going backwards. I'm going forward. So I'm getting older. So yeah. started the band, I was 26. When we started the band, I was 26. So, yeah. you know, unfortunately we didn't get signed right away. We had a lot of people tell us, oh, like you guys are cool, but you know, you would have been bigger in the early 2000s. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but how about sure. now? How about putting, you know, but uh, yeah. So the labels, there's not, there's not much of a pressure. They kind of understand. I think we put the pressure on ourselves more than them. Like if we can get out and do some tours, that's, they just want to see the the album do well. And and in Canada, we're playing on the radio and stuff like that. So, you know, we never really toured Canada that much. Like when we first started, we did. So there'll probably be more Canadian tours I could see us doing now. But yeah, yeah there's no, it's no really big pressure. I think it's more pressure that we put on ourselves to just get back out on the road and, and, and play and do, do the only thing we really know how to do is okay, play cool. live. That's pretty much it. Yeah, dude. Well, I appreciate that answer. I mean, if nothing else, I think it's inspiring because I think there's a lot of people that maybe they've got some songs in their pocket and they want to go record them. And we have the capacity to do that. It's the barrier mm-hmm. is much lower. You know, I remember we oh, literally had a book studio time and we had to drive 45 minutes out of the way to go work with somebody. And we were on a time crunch and a deadline and mm-hmm. you never had enough time in the studio. It's just a little bit different now. It's nicer to be able to record these songs and hopefully not have tons of looming pressure. Like, when are you going to start playing all That's these cool. shows? When are you going to start touring like crazy? Yeah. And so when I found out that you guys were in your 30s, that's badass. That's cool, dude. That's really rad. I think we tend to romanticize young musicians all the time. Yes. And that's only really a recent phenomena. You know, I think about the I think 80s. So, yeah. I remember Phil Collins on the TV when I was growing up and MTV was on in the background and Don Henley and all these older yeah. artists that were still putting out music, you know, and there was nothing wrong with it. And it wasn't even a deal. I remember seeing Peter Gabriel, Sledgehammer, and mm-hmm. I think he was probably in his early 40s then. I was just watching an interview with George Harrison, and he released that second Traveling Wilburys record. And he was being interviewed about songwriting. I think he was in his late 40s. Yeah. And he had a hit in 1990. Yeah. Like, we can have our own version where we can support. hundred percent. Yeah. I appreciate that. I think um, when I was and- younger, when I was looking at bands, it wasn't about their age. I was just kind of looking at what they were wearing. And like, oh, what band? Yeah, what band is on their T-shirt? I gotta go listen to that band. I didn't care if they were older. Like, it was our guitar player Jason was always like, if they were older, I thought it was cooler because they were like still doing it. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, yeah, even bands like the Fat Record bands in the early two thousands, they were all in their mid thirties by that point. Yeah, and those absolutely. were some of my favorite bands. You mentioned Lagwagon. I remember seeing Lagwagon. We were fortunate. <laughs> Warp Tour in 2002. And I remember waking up early and seeing Joey Cape walking around and Fat Mike walking around. Uh, 
And it was just so cool to see them out there doing it and no egos or anything. They're just having a blast, just enjoying their summer, playing for a half an hour a day and then hanging out for the remainder of the day. And Mm -hmm. well, dude, this has been fun chatting with you. I'm a huge fan of your band. I'm trying to think, oh, I was going to ask you again, you guys finished New Low in early 2020. Do you remember the month that you guys finished? So we finished it before, I want to say we finished it. Did we finish? Oh, we may have finished it in January. Okay, so right before everything maybe, happened. Yeah. Maybe maybe before that. Maybe, you know what? Maybe we finished it in 2019. Maybe it was like, wow. I'm trying to think. It's like between November and January. All, once COVID hit, everything changed and my sure. memory just was like, whoop. <laughs> it <laughs> everything was before COVID really like- and after COVID. Yeah, dude, they were, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it will be known as the weird transitional lost years or something. Yeah. But I remember it seemed like time was moving really slow and fast at the same time somehow. Okay. So I think we finished it February. I want to say we finished it like February. The more I'm sense. thinking back on it, I'm like, yeah, I think we finished around February. That's literally right before everything shut down, you know, yeah. hardcore. Yeah. I think we That's finished crazy, it like dude. three weeks before everything shut down, two weeks before. Yeah, we would have not January. Sorry, February. Yeah, it was 100. percent Okay, cool. And did you guys have plans to release it in 2020? Because you released it in May of 2021. Did you guys sit on it for a complete year? We we sat on it for a complete year. Oh man, what was that like? Just trying to figure out. Horrible. It was well. I mean, at the time, I wasn't really thinking about any of that. I was just more thinking about like everything going on. Like, when is life gonna get? back to normal yeah. or whatever we're going to call normal. But yeah, sitting on it sucked because we just didn't know what to do because usually we'd put that album out and we'd be on the road and we'd go and do that. And, you know, at the time, that's kind of what I needed. I needed to get out and do all that stuff. But yeah, it was just like trying to figure out how to release it, when to release it. And was it going to go our way or was it just going to get lost? Sure. It's interesting to think back now on 2020, the music that was released then, I think of a band like All Time Low, they released Say Hello to Sunshine, or no, that's yeah. Finch, Wake Up Sunshine. And for it to be their most successful record that far into their career during the pandemic, that had to be a bit of a gamble on their part. I'm that's, sure they were yeah. thinking, maybe we shouldn't release this right now. <laughs> maybe this isn't the best time. Yeah. But ultimately it worked out somehow, which is really strange, but I mean, I'm our glad. numbers picked up during COVID too, though, which was kind of crazy. Like, I'll, I guess everybody was just sitting listening to music. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely was. And all of a sudden I'm yeah. working out at home and I'm working from home. I was doing virtual sessions that whole time. We were on lockdown for three and a half months. Mm-hmm. And I was checking out a lot of new bands around that time. I yep. was probably definitely listening to We Were Sharks at some point in my garage. That nice. was a good that was a good recourse for me during COVID. It was like Star Wars, The Simpsons, and Fair, uh, yeah. new music. And that's <laughs> kind of got me through it, really. <clears throat> Speaking of which, I hear you're a Simpsons fan. I mean, we're the same age. That makes sense. Yeah, big Simpsons fan. Yeah, 100%. I've got a question for you. This will probably be my last question. And I'll let you go. But okay. <laughs> what's your favorite Simpsons episode? Uh, the softball one. The baseball okay, one cool. where they like, play baseball homer at bat. That's my favorite Simpsons. Dude. That's such a comforting episode. I, I was literally Season just three. thinking about that one when you mentioned <laughs> baseball. I was, oh, dude, that's such a great yeah. episode. I'm weird about The Simpsons. I can only watch up to about the sixth <laughs> season and then I stop and then I go back. Fair. Yeah, I do. I don't know uh, if you like that at all, but. I do till uh, Seymour, the Seymour episode where he's like, you find out he's actually not Seymour Skinner. Oh, yeah. Well, they um, have, yeah, where he's like not and he's like taking the guy's place. After that, I can finish that season, but then I go back. Okay, cool. There's something a little odd about those later seasons of The Simpsons. It just gets weirder and weirder for me. I still watch them. Like all the new stuff I still watch, but I take it as it's not really The Simpsons. You know what I mean? I take it as more of a new show. It's The Simpsons, but it's more of a new show. And I kind of enjoy them more like that. But you can't beat anything from the first. Like that's iconic. That is like... (laughs) <laughs> the seasons where Conan O'Brien's either producing or writing, it's just unreal how funny those episodes are and how yeah. timely they were. I, I watch some of them now with my fiance and she didn't watch them when she was a kid, but yeah. it, she'll watch an episode from 1992 and they're talking about religion or they're talking about society at large and yeah. just, you know, just world issues and things like that. And she's like, wow, they're really ahead of their time. <laughs> I'm thinking, Absolutely. yeah, they really were in certain Absolutely. respects. That's cool, man. Well, cool, dude. I really appreciate your time today on a Wednesday. Hey, thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah, of course, dude. Yeah, I'll keep in touch. We talked about potential touring in the fall, but are you guys thinking about new yeah, records just, next year? Or um, Well, we're going to see what happens. Right now, we started writing. We started working on some ideas, and who knows, they may be dropped single at a time. Like that's the country music way, drop a single at a time or like yeah. figure out an album. But I think it's going to be more single. I think we're just going to concentrate on some singles and just kind of get the juices flowing. And then if it leads to an album, great. If it doesn't, and it just leads to a few songs here and there, we'll worry about that when the time comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think at the end of the day, it's just cool that you guys are still <clears throat> making art together, still making music. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope I hear lots more We Were Sharks because I think you guys are great. Even today, it doesn't necessarily need to be, oh, you guys would have been great in the early 2000s. Okay, yeah. State champs in Neck Deep probably would have been really good in 2001 too. Yeah, they would have <laughs> been, yeah. But they're younger, right? So that's that's like, right. that was like a big thing. A lot of people were like, oh, you guys are old. Like, how long are they going to be together for? I mean, well, right. we're beating half the bands. <laughs> exactly. We've <laughs> been together man, longer dude. than most of these bands. You're a young so, man. You're still very young. The goal is to tell that to my back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, dude, thanks again, Randy. This is a pleasure. Thank uh, you so much. You have a good rest of your week and a good weekend. And absolutely, yeah, I'll stay in touch and I'll let you know when this goes out. I've been you're the first interview I've had in a couple months. I think it's been a oh, while. Wow. I've been renovating my house, so I've been busy. Oh, fair. But, busy. Yeah, I've wanted to talk to you for a while just because I've been listening to your band for a while now. So right. thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time. Anytime uh, you want me back, you just let me know. Okay, cool. Red. We can, yeah, we, we can, can do, do it all two. over again. This would yeah. be fun. Maybe we could like do a I'll deep say. dive on a classic record or something. Oh, that'd be super cool. I like doing those from time to time. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. And just oh, going yeah. down the well. Perfect. All right, man. Well, dude. Awesome. Pleasure. Take hey, care. Thank you so much, man. Have a yeah, great day. Thank you. You too. Later. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to help the podcast out, if you want to do a massive solid for us here at Having a Blast, if you could just leave us a review, a five-star review would be incredible. I'd really appreciate it. Wherever you listen to podcasts, another thing you could do would be to share this podcast with a friend, anyone who enjoys this type of music or personal development in general. All right, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Hopefully, you're having a blast listening to your favorite records. Take care, and I'll talk to you later. So close your